It is week 24 of Maseches Chagiga with the Sydney Kodal. Sponsored in Nishmas in memory of Sarah Brindel Bat Yecheskel Halevi and dedicated at this difficult time to our brothers and sisters in Israel. We are holding the Gemond of Haftar Damod Base, seven lines up from the bottom of the page at the start of the new Mishnah. The previous Mishnah taught us a bunch of stringencies, 10 or 11 stringencies of Kodesh over Truma. This Mishnah now proceeds with stringencies of Truma over Kodesh, some of which we've already touched on, some of the principles that we're going to learn will be familiar to us. The Mishnah says, truma. The stringency of Truma is as follows. In the province of Yehuda, of Judea, we're going to learn the relevance of that in the Gemara, that we believe Ameoritz, Ameoritz are people who are not particular about the laws of Tumah and Tara, we believe them when it comes to the Tahara of sacrificial wine and oil throughout the whole year. If someone comes in Ameoritz and tells us that a particular oil or wine is Kodesh and, it, and that it is not ritually contaminated, we believe him any time of year. And during the wine pressing season and the olive pressing season, we believe them about truma as well. So in other words, the stringency of truma is that whereas Ameoritz are trusted to keep Kodesh in a state of Tahara the whole year round, when it comes to truma, it's only, this only applies during the wine pressing season and olive pressing season. Now why is it we believe in Ameoritz when it comes to Kodesh all year round? So there are two reasons for this. Number one, as we explained in the previous Mishnah and Gemara that we learned, the rabbis didn't want to disqualify Amayoritz from bringing Kodesh to the temple because it would cause them to feel excluded from temple services and that might cause them to create their own altars, their own bombos and offer sacrifices on them when that is forbidden. And therefore, since an Amayoritz wouldn't have any other option where to offer Kodesh if we were to tell them that they couldn't bring it to the temple because we suspected it of being Tomei, then they wouldn't have any choice. They, they may therefore be encouraged to set up their own altars, which is absolutely forbidden. And therefore, that's one reason why we believe Amayoritz when it comes to Kodesh. That doesn't apply in the case of Truma, because when it comes to Truma, we can always encourage the Amaretz to give his Truma to another Kohen who's also an Amaretz. There's always other Kohanim or Amaretzim, whereas when it comes to the Beis Hamikdash, there's no other altar. There's only one Beis Hamikdash. There's nowhere else for them to offer Korbanis. A second reason that the rabbis recognize the sanctity of Kodesh from, a, uh, from an Amaretz, that it is likely to be Tahar and not Tameh, is because... When it comes to Kodesh, this arises, even in Ameoretz, a great sense of awe and reverence, something called Eimasa Kodesh, and the rabbis assumed that that reverential feeling on the part of the Ameoretz would impel them to do their utmost to prevent harm from coming to Kodesh. So for those two reasons, we trust Ameoretz all year round when it comes to Kodesh. However, when it comes to Truma, the Mishnah says we don't trust them all year round. We only trust them at particular times of year, during the wine pressing season and olive pressing season. Why is that? So there are two reasons for this as well. Number one, at these times of year, it's customary for all Jews, even Amayoretz, to purify their vessels and, their, and themselves in accordance with the instructions of the Chaveirim, people who are particular about following the Tumah and Tara laws. And therefore we can assume even Amayoretz are free of Tumah during those periods. Additionally, the rabbis had another consideration. They knew that the greater part of the produce of Eretz Israel was held by Amoritz, and they wanted to make sure that Kohanim, who were Chaveirim, who were Tamadei Chachamim, who were particular about these laws of Tumantara, would get an opportunity to share in the Trumas, in the offerings, in the Truma of the Amoritz. 
And they therefore said that during the pressing seasons, when Truma is very broadly distributed across the land of Israel, mostly by Amaretz, that Amaretz can be trusted regarding the Tahara of Truma. So these are the two reasons why we trust Amaretz for Truma at that time of year in particular. The Mishnah continues with a number of laws relating to the trustworthiness of Amaretz with respect to Truma. Avru Hagitos Vabadim. Once the wine pressing season and olive pressing season have passed, so we said we only trust them about truma in those times of year during the wine pressing season and olive pressing season. What happens after those times? The Hevilo Chavishalyan shall truma and an Amaretz brings a coin, a barrel of truma wine. What should the coin do? He is not allowed to accept it from them. He should say, Look, you can give it to another coin, as we've said already. Go and give it to a Kohen who is an Amaretz as well, but do not accept it from him because we assume that it is Tommy. Aval, however, even though you can't accept it from him at this time of year after the wine and olive pressing season has finished, nonetheless, the Amaretz can set it aside until the next wine pressing season. He can go, okay, the Kohen doesn't want to accept it from me. I'm going to put it in my cellar for another nine months, ten months, whatever it is, and I'll bring it out again next year and I'll give it to him then. And that's okay, even though I'm not allowed to accept it from him now because it's not during the wine and olive pressing season. If I wait till next year, even though it's the same barrel, I can accept it from him because I can assume that he was very careful that it didn't become tummy. And if the Amaret says to the Chaver, says to the person who is particular about these matters of Tum and Tara, close to the end of the pressing season, he says to him, that I separated within this barrel a quarter log of oil as Kodesh. In other words, he says to him, look, I know it's not the time of the olive and oil pressing season, but actually in this barrel where I'm trying to give you trimmer from, there's also Kodesh in this barrel. I, I dedicated a part of the oil in this barrel as Kodesh. So then Neeman, then we, we definitely believe him regarding the Tahara of all the oil in the barrel, even the trimmer portion because we cannot distinguish between the different parts of the barrel. We know we have to believe him about the Kodesh element, because the first part of the Mishnah already told us that we trust in our Moritz about Kodesh all year round. So I believe him about that part. So if I don't believe him about the parts of the barrel that are Truma, it's going to be a bizarre scenario. I'm going to be offering oil on the Mizbeach, on the altar in the Beis Hamikdash that I know to be Tahar, that I know to be ritually pure because I trust the Amaretz with respect to the Kodesh component. But at the same time, I'm not going to accept Truma from him from that same barrel because I don't believe him about the Truma component. That can't be. It doesn't make any sense. If we believe him about the Kodesh component, we have to also believe him about the Truma component from the same barrel. And therefore, Neeman, we trust him about the Truma of all the oil in the barrel, even the uh, even the Truma portion. We trust him about the ritual purity of the entirety of the barrel, even the Truma. Another stringency, the Mishnah continues, of Truma over Kodesh. Jugs of wine and jugs of oil, which are Mudumos, intermixed inside there is Truma, Chulin and Kodesh. In other words, you've got a jug of wine or oil that is Tevel. The produce in there is not tithed yet, but the owner plans to take tithes and then to designate a portion of it as Kodesh. So what is the rule? So the Mishnah tells us that Amearits are trusted about the Tahara of the utensils during the wine pressing season and the olive pressing season. And prior to the wine pressing season for 70 days. 
that even though the utensils of an Amaretz are usually considered to be Tomei, the presence of Kodesh in the utensil compels us to believe that the Amaretz, that it, believe the Amaretz that it is Tohu. Now, even though we said in the earlier part of the Mishnah that an Amaretz is generally trusted about Kodesh throughout the entire year, and now here we're saying we only trust him at these times of year, the olive and oil pressing seasons and the wine pressing seasons. In this case, we only trust him for that time. Why? Because we're not dealing with actual Kodesh. We're not, it's not yet Kodesh. We're dealing with food set aside for eventual designation as Kodesh. Because set aside Kodesh doesn't command the same reverence as actual Kodesh, so therefore we don't give them the usual level of trust and we don't trust them the whole year round. However, even Kodesh that's set aside, but is not actually Kodesh yet, still commands a certain reverence. And therefore, as long as it's within the period where people purify their vessels to, uh, the, uh, in, the, in the pressing season, in other words, from 70 days prior to the pressing season, so then we believe the Amorites to say that the utensil, the vessel, is free of Tumah. And that's the combination of two reasons that we render it to be Tahar. Number one, the presence of set-aside Kodesh. And number two, the fact that people normally purify their vessels at this time of year. So therefore, we declare these utensils on these, for these two reasons to be Tahar. That's the end of the Mishnah we're going to hold here for today. I wish you all a very good day.